are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. Why, hello and welcome to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. That's Big Travi and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we're here to give you that fantasy football fix here on this awesome Monday. Big Travi, week three is after tonight. We'll be in the books already, man. I tell you what, this fantasy season is just flying by. I don't know if it's because we're doing the show or what, but man, can it just slow down a little bit? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it is at the rate it's going now. It's not only going by too fast, but it's not going according to plan at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not uh, the NFL is officially turned upside down, and we'll get into a couple of those things uh, in this this episode, which I'm completely psyched for. Uh, but yeah, the NFL has no chill right now. No, none at all. Um, like Big Travis said, this is episode number twenty five already and we're doing we're doing uh our downs rebounds and crowns episode so we'll be going through and and giving you all those players that uh performed well uh for your team all those players that disappointed for your team and those steady hands that continue to produce week in and week out and then we're going to give you guys a couple of waiver wire options to pick up on the waiver wire because that's always exciting and then we're going to close the show off with a couple of guys that it might be time to just cut ties with. You know what I mean, Big Travi? Yeah, unfortunately, we bought a bunch of off-season hype on some guys, and there is no sign of life. Uh, it's time to pull the plug on the assisted living. For sure. For these guys. But Travis first. Dude, I got to tell you something that's it, – it, it just blows my mind, all right? I, so this week, okay, I, I am, when it comes to fantasy football, I am super, super superstitious, okay? I do the same routine every Sunday. I wear the same jersey. I do the, I do the same thing. We wake up, we do the morning show. You know, I feel good. But unfortunately, this week, man, my boss came to me. They, they did the whole, uh, you know, the office on the, yeah, we're going to need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday, you know? And mm. Sunday's my day yeah. off. And so it completely threw off my you whole day. You got lumbered. Yeah, man, I got lumbered, and it sucked, dude. I, I I woke up, and I just started second-guessing my starting lineup. I ended up switching guys <laughs> out, and it ended up really screwing me. But uh, I, I hate when that happens. Yeah, so, Johnny, you just kind of trust that gut, man. I yeah. mean, that's that's the bottom line, and, and don't, don't second-guess your stuff. But uh, I think... You know, like most things, there's going to be overreaction about a lot of things, and we'll dive into this. I wouldn't get too freaked out. Things tend to regress to the mean, and uh, no matter if you're going back and forth on guys, if you've got the studs in your lineup, you've built a solid base, I think you're going to be okay. For sure. All right, buddy, let's jump on into this episode. We're going to start it off with the little news and notes. That's right, Johnny. Our news and notes are brought to you by Fanatic, F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. If you guys have Apple, iOS, or any kind of Apple product that has the iOS app store on there, you got to get the Fanatic app. This thing is great, Johnny. It's giving you advanced metrics on every player out there. It's giving you their last three game stats, their targets, their touches, their uh, completion percentage, all these great things that you want to see very quickly at the, uh, you know, now that we're three weeks in, you get all this information condensed down for you. And the best thing about it, Johnny, is that they are updating this every week, every day. They are grinding on this. So once again, that's Fanatic, F-A-N-A-T-I-Q, and that's in the Apple App Store. All right, Big Travi, just a couple of, of news that came out today we saw in today's show or today's games excuse me um one minor aj green he exited with uh, or expects to play in week four but he exited with a uh, a groin injury for a little bit um are you concerned about this at all yeah i am kind of concerned it's looking like it might be something where at least he mixes one week at least um 
And we'll talk about yeah. Tyler Boyd, of course. Uh, but this definitely is an upgrade for Tyler Boyd, who is already seeing work uh, with AJ Green in the lineup. But this was a weird injury. Kind of looked like his arm or his elbow at first, and yeah. then it ended up being a groin injury. So I was just kind of a little. Uh, it was a little weird for me on that one. Yep. And then uh, Rex Burkhead was being evaluated for a neck injury. He played five snaps in the first half and two in the second half. We will get into Rex Burkhead a little bit later in the show, but Travis, man, this is Rex Burkhead, man. It's just always injured, always. Yeah, I I feel like Rex Burkhead is the story of what could have been all the time, Uh, and we're just going to continue to see it. great at the advanced metrics that make you a good football player that is why belichick went and got this guy not great at staying on the field so unfortunately that's the been the story of his career so far and we had matt burita exit the game and it looked like a terrible injury it looked like he was gonna it was non-contact for... yeah and it looked... it looked really nasty and uh but he came back in johnny and bossed yeah. it out got to 100 yards and Really looked good again, looked explosive. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for him, and I think we're going to hit this next piece of news probably next. Yeah. You know, Jamie Garoppolo goes down uh, to what they believe is a season ending ACL or MCL injury. We'll get that confirmation today. By the time you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably have confirmation on what that injury is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just a downgrade for the San Francisco offense on the whole. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And then we'll touch on uh, a couple of uh, just not injuries, but uh, it's expected that tomorrow it is to be announced that Baker mania has officially <laughs> begun. I mean, it, it had begun the other night, but it's going to be official tomorrow. They're, they're expecting the Browns to, to name Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback moving forward. And then also with my Arizona Cardinals, uh, the Red Sea has Rosen finally, and they did what they should have done three games ago, and they put in Josh Rosen. So that'll be interesting moving forward and seeing how those teams are affected. I know that uh, oh Baker Mayfield, we could just start real quick. Baker Mayfield looked good in his start. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. I'm a Sooners fan, so uh, watching Baker Mayfield, you could feel the excitement in um, – oh, excuse me. There we go. Whoa. Uh, you could feel the excitement in the arena, but not only there. I mean, we're seeing Josh Allen got his first start, and he comes out and and just lights it up as well. You know, and Josh Rosen, he he didn't end up leading the comeback, but it was just a little too late. I thought that they put him in way too late uh, to to be able to do or solve anything in that game. They put him in with four minutes left to go and expect him to to lead us back. I. I was a little disappointed in that, but it's interesting that we're seeing, you know, these rookie quarterbacks who everyone, you know, when they're coming in, they're like, oh, they need to sit. They need to learn. And yet all of these examples of these rookie quarterbacks coming in and they're producing right away. Yeah, you just like to see a guy have a better situation. I mean, you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, uh, who got to sit behind Alex Smith for a year, really study and learn the offense got one game in last year and then was able to come in uh, this year as the guy. You just look at situations where that has worked out better when you didn't have to throw the quarterback to the fire. Now, there are times where, you know, it starts bad and ends up better. Jared Goff, uh, Carson Wentz, some of these guys that come in are thrown to the wolves right off the bat, but still are able to uh, find a way back and make it – successful make themselves successful at the nfl level so it's a, it's a mixed bag but um you know here's the thing what i'll touch on rosen i would love to see rosen come in because i think this actually could upgrade this offense you could see david johnson get a little bit more uh work here i would really appreciate that um rookie quarter uh, rookie quarterbacks tend to love their safety nets and that yeah. tends to be tight ends a lot but it also tends to be running backs right. and who better than uh david johnson who needs to run more routes and catch more balls to in order to return that draft value that he was taken with right. for sure all right let's jump into the show travis you ready let's do it all right we're gonna start off with the downs and we're gonna start off with the quarterback position 
Travis, you want to go ahead and uh, give us who your down quarterback is for this week? Yeah, so basically if you had this guy fired up, you were kind of let down this week, and that's Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew the matchup probably wasn't going to be that great. Philly, um, although they did get torched a little you know, by Fitzpatrick, uh, they still are the defending Super Bowl defensive you know, led team by Jim Schwartz and they showed it, you know, they really bothered Andrew Luck in this game. He was 25 of 40 for 164 yards and a touchdown, only 14 points in most standard leagues. Uh, It was just not good enough. It was rainy. It was, it was a little weird of a, you know, it was a little weird of a game and uh, he just did not have the zip and the connection. We had seen him kind of gain, um, I wonder if luck is going to be that situation where we're not seeing him at that elite level till maybe six, seven, eight weeks into the season. Um, maybe he needs to knock some more of the rust off. Don't want to get too carried away. He looked good in week one, looked decent in week two, but he did not look good in this game, Johnny. Yeah, and for a while, for a second here, I thought about going with Carson Wentz, but I thought I'd give the guy a little bit of slack considering this is first game action he's seen and since his injury. yeah i think i think all week you know on instagram and on facebook and and stuff we were telling people temper your expectations on Wentz. yeah you would love to roll him out there we don't have a problem if you're rolling him out there but if you were someone who had Wentz and mahomes there was no reason for you to be rolling Wentz out there right you know and that was a possibility this year given that Wentz came in you know uh you know mahomes was drafted late Wentz came in uh late as well back from the injury so if you had a viable option, even Fitzpatrick, I would have been okay with you starting Fitzpatrick over Wentz in that situation. Yeah, so I was going to go with him, but I decided to go with probably the biggest disappointment, not only from the quarterback position, but just from the team position, and that is quarterback Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Big Travi, if I would have told you <laughs> on Thursday night, on our last episode, that Kirk Cousins was going to go 40 for 55 you would have thought he would have had a monstrous game. But no, instead he threw for 296 yards, which is that's that's good. I'll give him that. But only one touchdown, one interception, and a fumble. Like two fumbles. Or sorry, yeah, two fu- two fumbles. Man, they could not move the ball to save their life. They were turning it over left and right. And as I have I have Kirk Cousins in one of my leagues and I I was so disappointed. I was expecting and counting on a lot more production than this. He ended up the day uh, with about 10 fantasy points in, in standard quarterback, four-point quarterback uh, touchdowns, uh, but in, in six-point, it was about 15. But still, this is very, very disappointing. Do you think better days are ahead for Captain Kirk, or is this is this Vikings def- uh, Vikings team, excuse me, not nearly as good as we thought they were. I think this is just happens to be kind of a story with Kirk Cousins. He's a little bit inconsistent on the whole. He puts up good numbers on the year, but he will have games like he, he tends to get this way sometimes. So, you know, uh, this was a, this was a trap game. I wouldn't overreact about this. And if you look at it, he still ended up with a decent amount of yardage. If he cleaned a couple things up, they, he probably gets a touchdown or two more. Uh, the average was horrendous. I mean, he had a 5.4 yard per attempt. So this game was not good for him. Um, But I I still think that they, yeah, I mean, I actually think this Rams matchup they have on Thursday night coming up isn't as bad as it looked. And that's because Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters both got banged up in this game. And Mm -hmm. so uh, for the Rams, so I would actually look at Kirk Cousins having a decent bounce back game on Thursday. Night. Was there so, any news that came out about the Peters? Because I know that they were checking him for a torn Achilles, which is not. Well, good, no, nothing's been confirmed on the injury, but it doesn't look good. He 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 needed help. Uh, he couldn't put any weight on that. Yeah, not at ankle, all. So. And he went right to the locker room. All right, Travis, you want to move on to the running back position? Give us the downs yeah, for the running so, back position. Same game, sticking in that Minnesota game. And this one was just had all the makings for everything right, so we should have known to tell people to go the opposite way. Yeah. But uh, Latavius Murray is my down, my downer at the running back position, and that's because all week, you know, after Dalvin Cook was going to, you know, was having trouble practicing, we knew the hamstring was an issue, then he's announced out, and Latavius Murray, 
you know, we talked about this on the show that up to this game, the Bills had let four running backs in only two games score top 30 fantasy points at the position. Latavius Murray was primed for at least a multiple score game, uh, if not yardage. He ran the ball two times, Johnny, for one yard. Mm-hmm. He got five catches for 30 yards on seven targets. Minnesota only ran the ball six times as a team. I mean, this game was horrendous, it man. Was, you couldn't this, get, unless you were an Adam Thielen owner right. who, you know, Adam Thielen needed 14, or I'm sorry, 19 targets to catch 14 balls to get 100 yards, 105 yards. So uh, this game was just nasty. Latavius Murray, I just want to apologize to the Whisper Nation. Uh, I was right there with you. Multiple yeah. leagues, you know, uh, multiple leagues, I took Latavius Murray and I put him against, you know, up uh, in there against studs. Like, I remember benching Josh... Uh, Jordan Howard in a league. And we'll talk about Jordan Howard here in a bit for Latavius Murray. And this is, this is how he repays me. So uh, I have actual audio Travis of what they were saying on the sidelines in that game. Boy, that escalated quickly. (laughs) That really got out of hand fast. And that's, and that's the truth. And the thing is, is you mentioned letting down the whisper nation and and we do apologize for that, but I mean, nobody saw this coming. I mean, you check any fantasy site and I mean, we talked about this on Thursday too. Yeah. Yeah, So that was 16 and a half points was the favorite was uh, Minnesota was favored in this game. Vegas got this one wrong. I'm blaming this on Vegas. Yeah, so blame Vegas, don't blame us. Right. Who's your downer for a running back, Johnny? My downer is is another one that, man, we were so high coming into this game, and that's that's Corey Clement, right? Corey Clement, now you liked his touches. He had 16 carries for 56 yards, or sorry, the the yardage isn't isn't good, but you like the 16 carries, and then he had uh, an additional three catches um, but the yardage was just not there, man. He was at, he had 56 yards on the ground, which he averaged three point yard, uh, 3.5 yards per carry. And then he only had 19 receiving yards, which that was the main thing when you, when they talked about Corey Clement coming in, he, he's so safe because he get, he has that, that catching ability coming out of the backfield and it just was not there. I expected a lot more considering the weapons or the lack thereof in Philadelphia. So this was just a disappointing game all around. Um, so yeah, yeah it's kind of what happened with Andrew Luck. This game was a little weird, a little rainy. It was all over the place, defensive yeah. battle in, in most spots. So it was a little funky. I do think that Corey, Corey Clement's a guy to be stashing, especially yeah. uh, with the injury concerns of Jay Ajayi and, Darren Sproles, but we'll get into waiver wires. But Wendell Smallwood is a guy to look at as well. Yeah. Um, in this backfield. But both of those I think are worthy stashes. All right. You want to so, jump on going into the my, wide receivers here? Yeah. Going into my downer at wide receiver. Uh, basically, we have a guy that one week you see him and the next you don't. He's like the magic man at wide receiver. And that's Amari Cooper. Uh, five targets, two catches, 17 yards. It's official. Amari Cooper is lost again. Yeah. So if somebody could please find him and return him, uh, we need you know him to produce again. I just there's a I don't know a, to... a, there's a APB out. Literally. Yeah. They're, really. They're 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 I I heard a, a helicopter in the sky was flying around saying Amari Cooper, where are you? We need to find you because this is just yeah. I went ridiculous. to go have my cereal, uh, you know, after the morning games, and he was on the milk carton. Is missing. So I just. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on with that offense. Uh, we'll jump more into that as as the days progress. Uh, I'm concerned on a lot of levels for Amari Cooper. I just yeah. don't know if he's going to return that value. He's going to have some games. He's not somebody I'm looking with confidence to put in my lineup. Yeah. Um, this necessarily wasn't a great matchup for him at first look. But I thought that they would move him in the slot more. I'm interested to watch, rewatch a lot of this game and see what happened and see where they used him. They, well, but it, they used Jordy. They've been using Jordy yeah. in the slot a lot. So yeah. it's like, and we'll and we'll talk. Well, about after Jordy a week later, one, but. you know, after week one, they had used him so much in the slot in week one, more than he's ever been used in his career. And then with Seth Roberts out for this game, I really thought it was going to be a Cooper show. Uh, from the slot position, not so much. No. Well, my guy that's 
down probably dragging down your fantasy team for most most of this year and that's been AJ Green we talked about him in the in the injury update uh, but he had eight targets which she liked the targets I mean realistically eight targets for a star wide receiver is not a lot uh but he caught five of them but for 58 yards he was targeted in the end zone which it looked like he might have been able to come down with it but it he ended up dropping it um so maybe if he would have caught that he wouldn't have made this segment but i travis what's your concern with what's your level i mean you you talked about the injury concern but just from a let the the whisper nation know from a season long standpoint are you trying to maybe wait for aj green's next big game and then dump him if you can no i think i think he's going to be fine on most weeks i mean you lock you look at the thursday night game he was a monster game i know that it wasn't sustainable uh because of the touchdown aspect of it um, but AJ green is a guy that Andy Dalton loves, and I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Um, he's, he's had eight or, or more targets in every game this year. So far, he's had a touchdown in every game, but the, uh, but this one, he also left due to the injury. So just depending on what the injury is like, I think is, is how you could, um, and let's not forget, like Carolina's defense is isn't bad. I mean, right, under Ron Rivera, yeah. they consistently field a decent defense. Uh, it was a tough matchup. I think Andy Dalton was picked off four times in this game. Yeah. Um, well, I want to I want to mention this down week. I don't know that he's a sell for me. I like AJ Green's talent. I like his moxie. I think he's a great player. Well, I think uh, an interesting thing, uh, Adam Silva. On Twitter, he he retweeted. They they gave a list of all of the quarterbacks and their their number one option when under pressure. And surprisingly, for age or for um, Andy Dalton, it was Tyler Boyd was his favorite, targeting seventy percent of the time when under pressure. So that for me, when I when I saw that, and then you pair it with two two bad weeks, he's only really had one good week, and that was last year or last week. He had the three touchdowns, but he is definitely he's uh, he's on my radar for for a little bit of worry there. All right, you want to jump over here to tight ends? Which tight end really was down for you for this week? Uh, for me and this week, and I just have an area of concern coming, you know, s- just how this season's played out a bit. And that's David Njoku. Listen, uh, eight targets. Or I'm sorry, two targets only on that Thursday night game. Uh, two targets, two catches, 36 yards. I really thought with Gordon out both of these games, uh, you would see him be the main beneficiary. And it doesn't seem to be the case with or without Tyrod Taylor. Um, we'll see. This will be a full week of preparation for Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, to So I'm not necessarily dropping David Njoku. I'm just having a backup plan for him or being ready to move on, you know, uh, if he can't get it going. Just for me, it's like he was supposed to be this big threat, big part of their offense, and it doesn't look like that's the case. It looks like they want to run. It's yeah. Jarvis Landry and maybe the other wide receivers right now. And um, so uh, All right. David Njoku is a downer for me this week, at least. All right. And for me, it's kind of surprising here, but considering where you drafted him and his expectations, Rob Gronkowski, I mean, this is the second week. Uh, he had four for five targets for only 51 yards. Last week, yeah, it was a tough matchup, but you're seeing, man, I don't think any team – want is is so starved for wide receivers as the new england patriots we saw it again tonight or last night on uh against the lions teams are just double teaming straight up double teaming gronk and playing him like he's a, a punt coverage guy and we saw that with last week with the jags yeah and and so he I think there are better days ahead for for Gronk. Um, we we talk about you get Edelman back in t- in two weeks, which, uh, to be honest with you, I think Edelman is going to be a, a very nice like that's what this team needs is Edelman. Uh, but I would consider Rob Gronkowski a buy low right now. If you can yep. go to that Rob Excellent. Gronkowski yep. owner and 
you might be able to get him for cheap if you offer him maybe like a, a wide receiver two and a running back two or or something like that. Maybe give him a, a, a decent tight end back as well as an RB two and RB uh, wide receiver one uh, or two. I, I think that might get the get the job done, and then you're gonna get Gronk and better days ahead yeah. for Gronk. Better days ahead, not just with Edelman, but with Gordon. I think having a deep threat in Josh Gordon uh, to make the defense respect that, they won't be able to bracket Gronk as much. Correct. Um, So I agree that any kind of addition of weapons in this offense will help Rob Gronkowski. So, yes, better days ahead for the Gronkmeister. All right. Next up are our rebounds. These are guys uh, from every position that rebounded. They might have had a down week last week, but this week they showed up and showed out. Big Travi, you want to give us what quarterback was a rebound for you? Yeah, for me, and I don't, I don't know that anybody really started this guy, but it, just for me, it was nice to see for the offensive pieces that are around him, and that's Eli Manning. So Eli Manning last Sunday night had a horrific performance on Sunday Night Football, and in this week he bounced back in a big way, 25 of 29, for 297 yards and two touchdowns uh, really got everybody involved in this game in a big way. Um, so I really like to see that out of Eli Manning. And like I said, it's not so much that Eli Manning's a guy I'm running out to go stream. It's that if I have pieces of that New York giants offense, this is nice to see. Mm-hmm. They went on the road to Houston against a tough defensive front and he stood his ground and did, and did well against him. Yeah. Well, one thing I will know is, man, I talk about APBs out. Can can a brother get an APB for OBJ wide open again in the end zone? And Eli is just not going there. Come on, you're killing me as an OBJ owner. It's like I just get so frustrated because he's just burning these corners and he looks back wide open and Eli's not even looking in his direction. It's very, very sad, but Eli did have a good game overall. Uh, we saw Eric Ebron, or sorry, Eric Ebron. Uh, we saw uh, Evan Ingram exit this. No news has come out yet on the severity of the injury. It was a knee injury. Hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, Travis, I didn't get a chance to see this injury. Uh, do you know anything? Do you see it? Uh, I have not rewatched that game. I know that he got, he got banged up pretty good and he was out, so... Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, by the time you guys hear this, you may hear, have some more information. Monitor that. What I what I will say is, what we saw with Evan Ingram's exit was Sterling Shepard get back involved yeah. in this offense, and yep. so seven targets for Sterling Shepard, six catches for eighty yards and a touchdown. He will be part of our my waiver piece, mm-hmm. uh, and what we talk about tonight a little bit on the waiver piece. And that's on the fantasywhispers.com. Comes out every Monday night or Tuesday morning around that time. Uh, to get you prepped for those Tuesday night waivers. All right. For me, my rebound quarterback is Cam Newton. Now, I understand he didn't have like a terrible week two, but he I was, was going to say he had a pretty good week he was, two. He was QB seven last week, and then he jumped up to QB three this week. Um, but when you look at his stats, that's what I enjoy so much, right? You you got 15 for 24, not a lot, It's but that's a good sign of a good balanced team for 150 yards, not a whole lot of yardage. But what I like to see is the added rushing and where he had, uh, well, he, he threw for two touchdowns, but he also rushed for two touchdowns and added 36 yards on 10 carries, Travis, 10 carries. Yeah. And this, this Bengals defense is actually pretty good. So, Moving forward, I am. I mean, you and I both had Cam ranked um, top three coming into the season, and I'm feeling really confident about those projections moving forward, considering how he's been so far. Yeah, it just seems like the pieces in the offense are really assisting him. Like, um, I continue to think that a lot of what they said, well, a lot of what they said they wanted to do with the uh, the running offense and how straightforward they were being about their utilization of CMC was to get cam some more favorable looks in the running game. Mm -hmm. And it's actually worked pretty well. Uh, You see him in the red zone doing his thing, getting those touchdowns, but on the same token, man, Christian McCaffrey, 28 rushes in this game was a monster. Yeah. Uh, so this is what they always said they were going to do. And they finally, yeah. And his touch count has gone up each week. You know, it's gone from, 
I think it's 15 to 20 to 28. So, uh, or yeah, something like that. So you just see the progression going up and I mean, that offense is just really, I think it's in a really good spot. Jarius Wright's uh, been good. Devin Funches has been good. Um, They have pieces. And so I don't think that they're, you know, and then, then they have cam who's the motor. All right. Talking about rushing. Let's move on over yeah. to our running backs that rebounded. Travis, you want to mm. let us know on which which running back rebounded the most to you? Yeah, unfortunately, this hurts my heart a little bit. My uh, Green Bay Packers got smothered up, um, beat up by this guy. Adrian Peterson is my rebound this week. Last week, he went 11 carries for 20 yards, and this week he turned around and turned 19 carries into 120 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he punched the Packers in the mouth and he was not merciful about it at all. Uh, and I just think that AP, if the game script fits for them, if they are up and they have control of games, you're going to continue to see games like this. Mm -hmm. And then on the reverse side, you did not see Chris Thompson utilized here because of AP, because of the game or because of the game script and them using AP to milk the clock and run out the clock. All right, for me, my running back that I thought rebounded pretty well this week, uh, unfortunately, was Jordan Mm. Howard. Uh, He went 24 for 61, which you don't like the yards per carry there, but you like the the number of touches that he was getting, 24 touches. And he also scored. He got in the end zone. But he also added two for two catches uh, for an additional 20 yards. Travis, the big knock on Jordan Howard coming into the season was his catching ability, and he continues to not draw balls. Like I, I, I think the the catching on the jug machine after practices has really, really benefited him, and he is becoming that true workhorse back that I think we all wanted him to be. And you know, I, I think that moving forward, Jordan Howard, I. I I love. I mean, we already loved him coming into the season, but I just see him as this offense gets more comfortable and you know understands a little bit more of the schemes. I just think that Jordan Howard is going to continue to get better. Yeah, Jordan Howard on the year has had eleven targets. He's caught ten of them, so he's only dropped right. one ball this yeah. year so far. So just to your point there, yes, uh, the carries are there in this mm-hmm. game. Twenty four. Uh, that's monstrous. You want to see that the yards per carry is not a true determinant, but it, you know, yeah, this you'd like to see that a little be a little bit better. But yeah, but give me kind give me of the how, touches. Give me the my touches. Per, that's, my that's, yeah, you want you want the volume. Yeah, my prediction on this game kind of came true. Arizona was fired up to be in this game. They played defensively really well in this game. Uh, they kind of saw everything Matt Nagy was wanting to do. And they dealt with it in a good way. It was really more on the Arizona offense in this game that really cost them this game. For no, me, it, though, no, no, no. it was Sam Bradford. Let's be honest. Yes. Fair enough. Goodness um, for me, though, I will say this about Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen and even Benny Cunningham were used quite a bit in the red zone. So, yeah. yes, he got the bulk of these. They were using these guys in the red zone. It was very scary as an owner of Jordan Howard in a lot of leagues. Uh don't like to see vultures around, but that's the name of the game sometimes, especially with an offensive mind. They like to use a bunch of different right. weapons. So, Big Travi, if you're a jo- Jordan Howard owner, are you trying to sell high then? I have concerns about the Bears offense on whole. I Mitch Trubisky, yeah. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky concerns me. I don't know if they're going to be what I thought they were going to be. So I have some struggles with Jordan Howard but he did score nine touchdowns last year on a very bad bears team. So I think that there are better days ahead, especially if he's getting that volume, I would probably stand pat in most cases. Um, unless the deal was really sweet enough, you know, if you're getting an upgrade, you know, anybody's on the table, of course, but I'm not exactly just looking to rush out and sell Jordan Howard. Yeah. I think, I think of anybody on this bears offense that I'm willing to buy right now, it would be Allen Robinson, and you might be able to get him a little bit cheaper after this game. He was lined up against Patrick Peterson the most of the time, so you he didn't have a good game, and you might be able to go to that owner and say, you know, get him for a little bit cheaper. But this guy's been seeing the most targets. He's been Mitch Trubisky's favorite target so far, 
Um, so yeah, their rapport is definitely there. Yeah. Um, I did have him as a stay away candidate this week because of the matchup with Patrick Peterson. Good call. Um, and yeah, he was, he was not as effective as he had been, but better days ahead, obviously for him as well. All right, let's jump on over to the wide receiver spot here and, and give me who your rebound was at the wide receiver position. Yeah. X Packer Jordy Nelson came up in a huge way for the Oakland Raiders this week. Last week, he only had 30 yards. This week, eight targets, six catches for 173 yards and a touchdown. As Johnny noted, they used him all over in the slot as well. And, uh, you know, Miami defends the boundaries because they're, you know, their their lockdown corners are pretty good or their one and two corners. Their slot corner, not so much. And Jordy Nelson took advantage. They made them pay. Uh, and he, w- he was just very... Very effective, and he'll be in the waiver piece this week for me mm-hmm. as a guy that I think people should be looking at picking up because I think that there is, I think there's going to be some value in having pieces of this Raiders offense if they're the right pieces because I do see them being down in quite a bit of games this year. All right. For me, it was Marvin Jones. He had the questionable tag uh, coming into tonight's game. It was a huge gamble if you waited on this because it wasn't sure if he was going to give it a go or not. Uh, But he ended up going out there, and he he produced. He had uh, four of six for 69 yards and a touchdown. Very nice touchdown, by the way. And the Mm. reason I have him in my rebounds is because last week he was wide receiver 30, and this week it's looking like he's going to be a top 15 wide receiver which is what I expect most of the time this season so I I I just like all of Matthew Stafford's weapons I think they're going to be down a lot in a lot of these games this game was kind of a little bit of a surprise because the Lions actually got ahead really quick and you know they were able to control the clock and so it wasn't as pass happy as we thought it was going to be but still, you like to see that rapport, you know, and that connection. And four of six, I mean, that's that's pretty good considering that last year he had what fifty six percent completion percentage when thrown his way. So uh, yeah, it's I encouraging. Like uh, it's encouraging to come in and see that him and Stafford stayed on on course with each other. And yeah. after a bad week they had last week, where they did not. I mean, he still scored last week, but they didn't hook up on multiple deep balls last week. So it was right. nice to see that connection actually thrive there so moving on to the tight end position johnny for my rebound i have george kittle uh last week only 22 yards this week he had 79 yards he had a touchdown called off the board uh because of offensive pass interference but he also added a two-point conversion so he was very involved if you think about cj bethard coming in i think kittle could still be a very valuable piece of this offense as somebody that um an inexperienced quarterback or a not as talented quarterback may lean on his tight end. Um, so I could see Kittle being still valuable in this offense going forward. All right. But the tight end position for me is a little bit rough as the tight end position has been this year. Uh, but RSJ, my little, my, my, my bromance uh, got mm. into the end zone. He only had three targets. He only caught one of them, but it was for 35 yards and a touchdown. I think moving forward, as Josh Rosen continues to be our starting quarterback, I think that, uh, well, and I also wanted to point out, along with that, I mentioned the Adam Silva um, tweet that he tweeted out earlier, but in the same token, Sam Bradford, when he was under pressure, the number one target for him was RSJ. It didn't, you know, convert into yardage or touchdowns like you would have expected or wanted, but that rapport was there. I expect that rapport to be there with a rookie quarterback moving forward and Josh Rosen. And actually looking at this game, Josh Rosen looked pretty competent and he was able to actually move the ball unlike Sam Bradford, who was looking like he was trying to play hide and seek back there and, (laughs) and, you know, more hide than seek. Um, so I, I think that moving forward, I think I'm going to be a little bit more confident in RSJ and this entire Cardinals offense as a whole, not just, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of upgrade Rosen can bring. Cause he looked like he was putting some zip on the ball. He looked yeah. like he was getting, um, he just looked effective. If he can get more preparation in, if he can take it, uh, more seriously and get it going, I think that they could have a good shot to upgrade the offense a bit here. 
All right, Jake Travi, our last segment here before we get into our waiver wire pickups, and that's going to be guys that are hot and producing week in and week out. Travis, you want to hit me with the quarterback that has just been steady Eddie here? Yeah, this was a guy I was not comfortable drafting at his draft stock. No. This was a guy I was pretty wrong on, and that's Drew Brees. Uh, I really thought that this team was trending the way it did last year, where it was going to be run heavy, lean on a good defense, and take the ball out of Drew Brees' hands more often than not based on what they were doing last year. This defense is not what we thought it was going to be, and basically that means Drew Brees owners and Michael Thomas owners and Alvin Kamara owners are benefiting immensely Mm -hmm. because Brees is tearing it up. He just got done torching Atlanta for you know, incredible yardage, five touchdowns, two of which uh, he ran for, like just doing everything out yeah. there. Uh, Breeze looked great. Michael Thomas looks great. This offense uh, looks like it's humming. It just basically pulled pulled one over on, on the Falcons. So, yeah, Drew Breeze is a guy that I think is going to continue this pace, most likely because I think that that defense isn't exactly as locked down as we thought it was. Yeah, and but – my question is, Big Travi, we've got one more week on the Mark Ingram suspension. Do you think that after Mark Ingram comes back, I mean, we haven't seen, they have run, they are 31st right now in running attempts and rushing attempts. Do you think that I think that to... they'll have games. I think, Johnny, that defense is it's the thing bad, that scares me. The, the, the cornerbacks are getting torched right yeah. now. Uh, so I just, I don't know if it's going to matter if Ingram comes back to all of a sudden the defense will be better. It's like yeah. Ingram's going to be fine. He can catch the ball too. They'll work him in. Like, I think he's going to have good games. He'll, he'll have touchdown. Like they're going to be a high scoring offense. He'll yeah. be fine. Um, but the, the that's, defense, man, it's, that's it's what just, happens. I think it's setting up. That's what happens when you have like three or four rookies last year and they're all hitting their sophomore slump at the same yeah. time. And right. this is the result that you're going to get. And so I do tend to agree with you. Um, and and the nice thing is that Mark Ingram does catch out of the backfield as well. So I do can I do see Drew Brees continuing uh, what he's been doing. I think that he's back to the old Drew Brees, which is, you know, what we we didn't necessarily believe, but we wanted to, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's exciting for Drew Brees moving forward. For me, Big Travi, it's Matt Ryan, right? Yeah. Like. We, another guy I was right. not high on no, coming and, into the year and I will say and I, and I will give this up to whisper nation I will give a shout out to our our whisper nation because when we came out with our initial rankings man we got blasted because we didn't have Matt Ryan high and I'm I, I look back at the numbers I'm like I just don't see it I just can't do it but yet this guy is the third best quarterback in the league right now as as far as fantasy I think purposes I think it's a little bit similar too, and you saw Atlanta's defense get banged up on that first yeah. week. Uh, so I think you're kind of seeing that play into it too. Like their defense is not being able to stop people like it did. It's not getting consistent pass rush pressure, mm-hmm. um, and I think that just means that they're going to have to score more. Yeah, and uh, especially in that NFC South where now it looks like Tampa Bay is a high flying offense as well. Like they're going to get a lot of these matchups in the NFC South where they're going to have to chuck it. And so, yes, I think Matt Ryan is a guy that you could be looking at as you can start more often than not this year. Yeah, he went 26 for 35 for 374 yards and five touchdowns, Travis. Five. Yeah. He had a monster game. Guess how many of those five touchdowns Julio Jones caught? Uh, zero. Yeah. Are you concerned? All right. So and, I'm, and well, and, I'm well aware of uh, How Matt concerned Ryan. are you with the uh, – you are a Julio Jones owner in, in our league of record. How concerned are you about Julio Jones? I mean, if you look at it as a whole, you look at the top wide receivers, and other than Michael Thomas, who has been a monster, all the rest of them are are way down. I mean, Nuke is, is DeAndre Hopkins, way down. Um, uh, Antonio Brown has had da- down weeks. Uh, OBJ. You know, he's been okay, but nothing like he like you would expect. Uh Keenan Allen, nothing spectacular. I'm Julio. Here here's my thing, and you can call it being hopeful. 
I actually think that the emergence of someone like Calvin Ridley and actually Sanu getting more looks and if they work the tight ends in the backs in, I think it's a benefit to Julio Jones. Yeah. I think if defenses have to start keeping other um keeping honest on other players, Julio is going to start breaking out. And I think it's just positive regression. The guy's a freak. Every time you see him go deep, he is torching the cornerback. Yeah. I mean, every time. I mean, he had nothing. He had like 40 yards, and he just torched Lattimore for fi- for a 50-yard deep bomb that luckily, you know, Matt Ryan could throw. Like, that's my that's more of my concern is Matt Ryan. Yeah. Can Matt Ryan consistently get Julio the ball on these deep routes? Mm-hmm. Because he's left some on the table there. So for sure. positive regression, I think, is coming for Julio. So I'm not I'm not all that concerned. All right, let's jump on over to the running back position and guys that for you, Travis. Similar to what we were talking about, Johnny, just now with the wide receivers at the top, it's the running backs at the top. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell not with his team. Uh, Zeke, uh, the Cowboys just do not look good right now. Uh, Similar to the Cowboys, the Cardinals don't look good, and therefore David Johnson doesn't look that great. But Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is my crown at the running back position. The guy just continues to be in scoring range. And when he sees the end zone, he gets in the end zone. And uh, that for me is just, he's just invaluable right now. He is the best in the business and he continues to do it every week. Yeah. He's, he's a stud and I'll admit I was a little bit down on him, uh, you know, as a top, running back because well, it's hard to repeat as a number right, one but it's looking this, like it's gonna he's gonna walk away with this yeah we'll see it's it's definitely trending that way so all right for me it's it's your boy not really <laughs> not really your boy but uh carlos hyde who was the rb 15 or better who's been an rb 15 or better all three weeks so far in this fantasy season he is currently the rb6 on the year we saw him go on Thursday night for 23 rushing attempts for 98 yards and two touchdowns. Travis, we talked about the the touches for Jordan Howard and how much we like that. Carlos Hyde is getting those kind of touches as well, and I know he's not the most effective with his yards per carry, but they're going to continue to give him those kind of touches. I, I consistently see him as an RB2 on most weeks or an RB1. Moving forward, I... I I'm buying in Carlos Hyde, man. I'm buying into this. I am not surprised that Johnny is buying into every part of the Cleveland Browns because (laughs) he has the hard knocks mania and he has all year. So literally it's hard hard not to get into that. Listen, he was all about David Njoku who's flamed out. He was, he's all about Jarvis Landry. Let's let's give it a little bit more than three weeks on the David Njoku. Oh, but we can give it three weeks to make Carlos Hyde your crown. Okay. You bet. I just want to make sure we're keeping it in perspective here. I'm working the numbers so they (laughs) fit me and my arguments. Okay. So love David Njoku was kind (laughs) of wrong so far on that. Love Jarvis Landry. Uh, I was kind of wrong on that. Jarvis, you were right on that. You love Carlos Hyde. I just tend to think that Carlos Hyde has not been a very good runner except for this last game, which – of course, works yeah. so well. But I mean, for they were against story. the Jets. So what? But I do have right here. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Bless him. Go ahead and bless him, nigga. I... Go ahead and bless him. Bless him. Bless him, nigga. You're going to bless him. That's it. That's it. That's it, dude. That's go ahead and bless him. That's. That's Johnny's ode to Jarvis Landry there. So hey, it's contagious, it's bro. Contagious, bro. It's contagious. Hey, uh, Jarvis, so, if you're listening to this podcast, I love you. All right, I'm just, I'm just gonna throw that out. If you want to come on the show, anytime, brother. Just, just if you, you want to come, come and replace and, Johnny. No, if you want to come on, means, dude. If you want to come on the show and bless Travis, by all means, brother. Let's do it. All right, uh, Carlos side. <laughs> cool uh right. if you want to crown his ass and crown him then <laughs> yeah hey i got uh my got crown it. for That's the wide receiver. damn field <laughs> now if you want to crown them then crown their ass exactly they are right. what we thought they were hey but we let them that was a true statement for my cardinal state but moving forward we need to get back on track here uh travis off the rails yeah off the rails a little bit you let me let me hear your wide receiver and i got to give you kudos to this man i i 
definitely was a doubter. But no longer am I a doubter. I am fully on this train and bandwagon with you, brother. Thanks for saving me a seat. Yeah, no problem. Whisper Nation, if you heard me this uh, offseason, you heard me very high on Emmanuel Sanders. I felt like the community was sleeping on him based on his ADP. He was slipping very far, and he has yet to disappoint in a single week this year so far. You look at week one, 11 targets, 10 receptions, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders in week two, four targets, four receptions for 96 yards. And then he turned around in this week, only five receptions for uh, 38 yards, but he had a monster rush on a reverse for 35 yards and a touchdown. So uh, your boy Emmanuel Sanders is out there working. He's a huge part of this offense. This offense clicks through him in the running game. Um, And as much as we love Demarius Thomas, he is declining. You can see it in his play every week. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is the is the wide receiver to own in mm-hmm. Denver, and he is my crown at the wide receiver position thus far. Yep. And then for me, I got to go with Michael Thomas. I mean, I know I know it's easy to do this, Travis, but if you look at it, like Michael Thomas was the fifth wide receiver, maybe sixth wide receiver off the board in some leagues, and it's more so the amount of targets this guy's bringing in and actually catching like he was 10 for 10 for 129 yards this week last week he had a very very high reception rate week one he had 12 for 13 12 for 13 and then week one he had 16 for 17 yeah it's just the amount of of the 90 percent catch rate it's unheard of yeah it is obviously not sustainable but he is going to be close to uh, those numbers, he's very sure-handed. He is in an offense with a very elite, accurate quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, we talked about how uh, this was benefiting Breeze, their defense. It's maybe not benefiting anybody more than Michael Thomas. Yeah, man. Um, so, and maybe Alvin Kamara, as he, I think Alvin Kamara saw an absurd amount of targets uh, Sunday as well. I think it was nineteen. Yeah, I I will say that I I am a little bitter towards Michael Thomas because uh, if he would have done this last year, then uh, my fantasy outcome would have been a little targets bit better. For Alvin Kamara, sorry. But yeah, it's yeah. just it's, it's it's insane. I I love Michael Thomas moving forward. It's he's great. All right, Travis, why don't we give the people your tight end crown for that is gonna go with this. The guy close to my heart because he's got the same name as me, and that's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> uh, Travis Kelsey's doing a lot of work out there. He he had the the bust week one, but the last two weeks he's you know as this offense has really gotten more consistent because that was a weird game, um, that San Diego game, or I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers game uh, in week one for the Chiefs uh, was very weird. And after that slow start, you look at Kelsey has produced a hundred yards or more in back-to-back weeks. And he had the touchdown, the couple touchdowns last week. He's a huge part of this offense. He's going to continue to do so. Uh, he's consistent as they come. And then for me, Travis, uh, this might be a little bit of a cop out here, but like, I mean, I, I, yours was a good one. I thought that yours would, but is there really anybody else? Like, I, I was looking at the landscape of the tight end position, man, and it is so just hit or miss with these tight ends. I mean, it. it we thought that Gronk was going to be a sure thing, and he hasn't been. We thought Ertz, he hasn't been. I mean, he got Carson Wentz back today, and he still didn't put up a good game. So, man, this this tight end position is, is just so hit or miss. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's it's tough, but this is just the volatile position as it is. I'll mm. say Jordan Reed has been a consistent part of their offense. Not He hasn't flashed as much as you'd like. Um, Ertz has still been a consistent part of the offense. You like what he's doing there. Um, Kelsey, uh, Gronk, I think is there's better there, days ahead yeah, for better Gronk. Well, I, think, yeah. I think there are better as days far ahead as for produ- a lot of these tight ends. Gronk, as far, as, far as production and... thus far this year, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's it for our crowns, rebounds, and downs, Big Travi. Time to move on to those what everybody loves, man. It's like Christmas morning, like or Christmas. I should say Christmas Eve morning on Wednesday mornings when you know you check your waiver wires right when you wake up in the morning. Let's give the fantasy whisper nation 
our waiver wire gems for this coming week. All right, so you'll be able to catch all of these guys in the waiver wire whisper w- weekly uh, piece that I do on thefantasywhispers.com. But this is a little sneak peek, a little audio version of that. And I will start it off with Calvin Ridley. Johnny, Calvin Ridley basically showed up in this game and said, no, I'm going to be the lead dog for this receiving core in Atlanta. He had eight targets for seven receptions and 146 yards, a 20.9 average yard per per reception. That's unheard of. Three touchdowns. His longest was a 75-yard bomb. I mean, this guy was balling out. We talked about him. I talked about him a little in the piece last week because he got the touchdown, but it was only on a couple receptions. Could he be this red zone threat? Well, he was he was that and more uh, for Atlanta to uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's important to notice that Calvin Ridley could be a big part of this offense. And if we're talking about Matt Ryan with a bad defense or a, a much more susceptible defense this year than it was last year, we're saying he could be closer to those MVP numbers. If he's going to be closer to those MVP numbers, Johnny, that means he's going to support two or more weapons consistently. Calvin Ridley is looking like that secondary weapon. Yeah, so if we're talking FOB, Travis, what percentage of FOB would you give up for Calvin Ridley? Are you going 10%? I'm probably going a little bit more. I think okay. there's big upside with Calvin Ridley uh, as opposed to some of these other guys. So probably in the 15, 15 to okay. 20 range uh, okay. is where I would settle on Calvin Ridley. Okay. Um I'm going to talk about Jordy Nelson. We talked about him a little bit earlier, but this is someone, if they continue to keep him in the slot position, I really like him there. And I think that, you know, a lot of people thought through the first two weeks that, oh, you know, he, he's old, he's over the hill, he's not going to do anything. Well, I mean, he just showed that he still had it today. And, I if they continue to keep him in the slot and keep Amari Cooper for some reason outside, uh, which I don't agree with, but if they do, give me that that slot receiver for Derek Carr. I know that person is going to get a lot of targets, and and so I I like Jordy Nelson. Now I'm not going to break the bank because I can't necessarily. I haven't watched the tape back um, because I want to I want to see how much exactly he lines up in the slot, but. I would probably go 5% on him right now. Mm. Yeah, I think 5 to 10 is a safe bet um, in that area. So it's it'd be good to take a look at see how that develops. But yeah, definitely want to see. Listen, I think we were in the same boat after week one because Cook got all this love yeah. in the middle of the field. And we were saying, oh, is this going to be the guy yeah. next to Amari Cooper that, that makes the offense work? Um, I think that there's going to be, you know, different games for these guys. So it's hard to spend money on one guy, but Jordy Nelson showed some things today. He was a talk of camp and it looks like they finally figured some stuff out for him. Um, I don't know how consistent that'll be, but he's definitely worth the ad. Uh, for me, I got another guy that I'm going to talk about here and that's Dallas Goddard. Okay. Listen, the, the Eagles didn't need tight end specifically in the draft. But Dallas Goddard was the best tight end in the NFL draft this year, so they scooped him up because they love to use multiple tight ends. Mm -hmm. But I think this is actually the best-case scenario for him because they are hurting at wide receiver. And so if you are looking for a tight end streamer or some tight end help, I think Dallas Goddard is worth the look. If you look at this game, Dallas Goddard saw seven targets for 73 yards and a touchdown. He was a big part of this offense, and this is a game where Nelson Aguilar was a little banged up. You saw Jordan Matthews get involved, but there's no Alshon Jeffrey. They're losing wide receivers left and right. They're losing running backs. This is a guy that could be a potential weapon for them, and they won't be afraid to use him. Mm -hmm. And listen, the position itself is so volatile. We just got done talking about it. So what if it's a secondary weapon on on the team that loves to use tight ends more than any other team? Yeah. Um, player I'm going to talk about is kind of a skeptical ad, and that has to do with whether or not JHI will be back in his health condition. But we saw Wendell Smallwood get in, get in there and get some game action. And he looked pretty good 
Now, I will say he is, you know, he's a fourth string running back. Uh, monitor, continue to monitor the, the Sproles injury. But, Travis, this is kind of seeming a little bit hush-hush, which makes me concerned. We haven't seen him since week one. You had Jay Ajayi go out. And when you look at this offense, they've never really been a one running back type of offense. It's always been somewhat of an RBBC. You know, there there is like a lead a lead dog. Uh, and, and then, you know, but we've seen multiple running backs have value in this offense because they have one of the best offensive lines in the game. And so if I can get a little bit of piece of that, Give me Wendell Smallwood. Um, he might be a little bit cheaper considering that no one really knows at this point if JHI is going to give it a go in week four. Gosh, it feels so crazy. It's going to already be <laughs> a quarter of the fantasy season. Um, yeah, man. No escaping it. You're right. Um, so just monitor that. But I, you might be able to get Wendell Smallwood. You might be able to scoop him up. Maybe not a lot of people are thinking about him because they're like, oh, they, they think that JHI will be back this week. But... It wouldn't be wouldn't be bad to throw a couple bucks on him. Yeah, so the last one we'll talk about tonight, just because you know we want you guys to check this out. We got to do some there's some more stuff to come out injury news, mm-hmm. but another teaser guy that we want you to take a look at, and that's Tyler Boyd. We talked about him earlier. Listen, seven targets for six receptions, 132 yards. If AJ Green is forced to mix any time, I mean, this was a game AJ Green was in, mm-hmm. so. Uh, if AJ Green is forced to miss any time, which it looks like he may do, even if it's just one game, Tyler Boyd's going to see a big uptick in his production, mm-hmm. and he's already got the trust of uh, Andy Dalton. Like Johnny mentioned, you know when uh, Dalton is under pressure, he looks to Tyler Boyd. So Tyler Boyd will be a nice add for me this week. But going from guys that we love to add. We got to cut people in order to add people. So who are you looking to cut ties with, Johnny? Um, One guy for me is going to be Calvin Benjamin. I was pretty excited coming into the season because I I was, you know, Calvin Benjamin was a wide receiver one that you were drafting in the 10th or 11th round. And it's just not been there. And so I just – I think it's time to cut ties with Calvin Benjamin. He's not producing. He did get in the end zone last week, but he only had a couple of catches. This week, he didn't do anything either. Uh, So for me, I I just think it's time to cut ties with Calvin Benjamin. Get him off your bench. Get someone in there like Wendell Smallwood or or one of these guys that is in Travis's uh, waiver wire pickups of the week. And, you know, I would much, much rather have Tyler Boyd than Calvin Benjamin moving forward. Or Calvin Ridley. Or, yeah, give yeah, Calvin, or Calvin Ridley. Ridley. Yeah, Jordy absolutely. Nelson, even. Yep, yep. Um, some of the guys I'm looking to cut after offseason hype, and they're just not producing. Alan Hearns is a big one for me. Yeah. If you haven't really cut all your Dallas pieces besides Dak, or I'm not Dak, uh, Zeke, then uh, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore is another guy who got a lot of hype. Yeah. Um, uh, not, not a big part of this offense. And just the concerns about that were coming into this year were – is there enough of that wide receiver love in that offense to sustain? Doesn't look like it, at least not this year. I think he could overtake by the end of the year. I just don't see it translating to a lot of fantasy success this year. And then my last one for cuts is Austin Safarian Jenkins. I really thought he could be a big part of this offense. It looks like that's not the case. Uh, it's going to be a lot on the wide receivers and, and split up. And Keelan Cole has become the number one there. Consistent weeks of the target share uh, leader. And then one more, Travis, and I kind of want—I'll give my opinion on it. And I hate to say it because I was really, really high, but I want to—I want to know what you're thinking as well, because this might be a little bit, might be a little bit quick. But Rex Burkhead, man, this guy is very, very concerning to me. We talked about it in the injury update again for the second week in a row, and then we we saw this guy only have 26 receiving yards. He had no rushing yards. They have Sony Michel there. They've got James White there. They've got pieces returning. Josh uh, Flash is coming back, and then Edelman. I just I don't think it's going to be what we expected coming in, and so I have major concerns at this point. You know, I might try trading him if he has whatever value he has. I don't think he's going to have a lot of value, so I, I think it might be a cut for me. What do you think? Hmm. 
I'm, I'm holding Rex Burkhead. Yeah, I, I'm not cutting him just yet. I do understand the concern, and it's not trending in the right direction. So we're not far off from that. Uh, my thing is, is the depth of running back is not there. You want to stash a lot of these guys, and especially a guy like Burkhead, because the, you mentioned it. They're an Edelman away. They're a piece away from being that high-octane offense again. Um, and then when they are, you're going to want to have a piece of that backfield or, you know, in some cases, a couple different pieces based on game script games that you can try and project out. So I'm not going to cut yet on Rex Burkhead, but it's close. It's definitely close and it's concerning. All right. Big Trav, I'm going to put you on the spot. One last quick and just real quick, rapid. Give the fans, the Whisper Nation, one guy that they should make a trade target for this week. OBJ is an interesting one. Yeah. If you can get somebody that uh, is looking to sell OBJ, I would I would buy him, especially the encouraging game you see from Eli Manning, but yeah. OBJ didn't really pop. Yeah, uh, He had 100 yards. He had a good targets. But, you know, um, the, I I like OBJ as a guy you could buy. Um, I'll, I'll second that because if yeah. you if, – if you can go to that owner and that owner is not watching the games like like we do – I, I'll tell you, he the yardage is there, the touchdowns mm-hmm. aren't, and the touchdowns will come because he is getting open, and he Eli's either overthrown him or not seen him wide open. I, you know, knowing, unfortunately, you know, I love OBJ, but he is a little bit of a diva, and so I, I expect that one of these weeks he's going to kind of explode about it and be like, "What do I have to do?" And then Eli's just going to start feeding him. Squeaky wheel will get the grease. Um, so definitely, I second that opinion on OBJ. Anybody else, Big Travi, before we get out of here? All right, buddy. I think that's good. All right. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us, Whisper Nation. Until next time, I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and that's Big Travi. You can catch our podcast on all platforms, iTunes or Apple Play, I should say, or or (laughs) App. (laughs) I I mix up Google Play, Google or Google Play. Or iTunes or Stitcher. Um, You can catch us there as well as check our videos out on YouTube if you like that kind of thing. And look out for Travis's articles coming out this week. Also catch us on Instagram. We release some really cool remix videos on there as well all throughout the week. Also, shoot us any questions that you might have and we'll get them on the show. You know, lineup questions or ad drops. Things like that. We'll we'll fit them into the show. We're gonna start start doing that on our next show. So thank you guys so much. We really appreciate all the love and support. Check us out. Check out the thefantasywhispers.com. Till next time, I'm Giant Game Time Hicks. That's Big Travi. We're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.